Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us as well. I was just saying to our next guest, so glad to be able to, able to kick off the year with us. We're excited to welcome back author Jan Comfort to our program. She's giving us great books like The Astronaut and The Star, which we highlighted last year for Conversations. But this year, she's starting off the new year year with Midnight Duet. We're going to talk to Jen not only about her love of storytelling, but also what it's been like for her to create these characters that readers enjoy, these situations that are both funny and also relatable, but also what it's been like for her already to hear the early response to the book as well. Jen, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me back on again. Hey, the pleasure is definitely all mine. So congratulations to you once again, starting off the new year for us readers in a great way with a new book. Of course, we'll be asking you in a month, Jen, when the next one's coming out, but that's a totally different uh, conversation. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, yeah. the book is yeah, the book is just now officially out for our audience, but you've already been seeing the early response. What has it been like for you to see the way the people are taken to these new characters? You know, honestly, I was very nervous about this book because in a way it's similar to my first book, The Astronaut and the Star, in that I liked to write, you know, kind of these complex, flawed heroines. Um, But it was also very different in that I was trying to write a true tribute to Phantom of the Opera. So this is just Mm. over the top. It is glamorous. It is extra. It doesn't hold back. And I wasn't sure if people were going to like it. (laughs) You know, I think with contemporary romantic comedies, a lot of them are really placed firmly in our reality and are just like kind of quieter and small and cozy. And I wanted to go big. I wanted to go Vegas. So. I'm really happy that people have been open and excited about me doing something kind of weird and different. Right. I'm so glad you said that, Jim, because I thought this when I was I got an early copy of the book, of course. But one of the things that I thought was so interesting, I, I didn't it didn't think about as far as being over the top for myself as a reader. What I did think about was I love the fact as someone who read the you know, the astronaut and the star, I love the fact that you're able to have these themes that are, I think, so relatable, but also have these dual meanings. Even with The Astronaut and the Star, for me, it was about you know trying to reach for something larger, even though it was literally about <laughs> an astronaut. With this book, with Midnight Duet, even though music was such a big part of it, what I thought about is myself as, a, as an individual, music is so much a part of our lives, right? I mean, we, we kind of have this music, like we're feeling a certain way, we like certain things. When we're trying to hype ourselves up, we feel a certain thing. What role did music play in general in kind of the, the creation of this story? Well, the first thing I should confess to our listeners is that I personally have no musical talent whatsoever. So (laughs) as much as I am a fan of music and especially of glam rock, as I think people who read this book will be able to tell, um, Mm -hmm. I had to learn a lot about music. And, you know, I appreciate music and I love everything about it, but I really wanted to put myself in the mindset of two people who – express all of their feelings and emotions through music for Erica, our, our uh, heroine. She is a Broadway star. She's been taking music lessons since she was four. This is her entire goal in life is to become a star performer on Broadway. And then for Christoph, our German glam rock front band who plays the, uh, the hero, the hero of the book, 
he has spent his whole life just wanting to kind of be more than like a small town boy, sort of like that, yeah. like that, uh, that journey song, you know, like you want to, or the Bon Jovi song, um, you want to grow up and become a rock star and he wants to be glamorous and he wants to be a success. And that honestly has consumed him. And, and so despite the fact that they, both these characters come from very different worlds, I think music is what ties them together. And I tried to kind of express that through my writing in this book. And you said something else that was interesting, Jen, that I think definitely ties into Midnight Duet, and that is that these are not only, of course, the um, the, the heroine being being someone who is flawed and relatable, but also, uh, as you mentioned too, I mean, the the hero of the story as well. And I love the fact even calling them that is interesting because I think both of them kind of deal with um, – even though it's not said so much in the book, imposter syndrome in a way, you know, being trying to be be something more and to prove something to themselves and to others. Talk to us about that. What was it like for you to kind of play with these individuals that on the surface may have seemed at one point to have it all, but were really dealing with their own struggles? Absolutely. I mean, I think one of my favorite things to do is take stereotypes and kind of flip them around. And, yeah. you know, we all have a stereotype of, a rock star, right, that they love, like, sex and drugs and rock and roll. And you get Kristoff, who is just, like, on the surface, he looks like he has it all together, like, he's so cool, and he dresses like a rock star, and, like, he's got this whole band. But deep down, he has so much anxiety, and he's, like, really a control freak and trying to keep every, do everything himself for the band. He wants to be the band manager, the front man, their accountant. He's doing everything himself because he can't let go. And so I wanted to kind of play with that idea that these people who make music their whole lives are kind of just party animals because Kristoff really isn't. He's a businessman. As passionate as he is about the music, you know, this, you know, controlling their success runs his life. And then for Erica, I mean, she's built her whole sense of her ego on the fact that she is a star. And then when she, uh, at the beginning of the book, is kind of, she has a, terrible accident that scars her face, um, just like the phantom in the Broadway show, she has to kind of deal with the fact that maybe she might not go back to being a Broadway star. And she's also, you know, has a reputation for being a bit of a diva and difficult to work yeah. with and kind of reconciling with her reputation and realizing that she's not as hot and great and wonderful and well-loved as she thought she was. And what does that mean for her? And, you know, how can she become a better person? And you said something, too, about yourself that I think is interesting about these characters, too, Jen, and that is you wanted to do something big with this book. Talk to us about that, because even in the main characters where we're talking about Erica, or, or you, know, and, you know, I think the great thing is they're being willing to try, Erica being willing to try, you know, Kristoff being willing to try. Has, has that always been a part of who you are, being willing to go big, even though you may not know what the outcome may be? Oh, that's my favorite thing is I love taking risks. <laughs> I have a, I have ADHD, so and you know I talk, wrote about that a little bit in my first book. But one of my things is I like to make impulsive decisions, and then the challenge of actually dealing with the the fallout. You know, to me, it's more exciting than weighing everything and just trying to uh, you know play it safe. I'd rather fail many times and then when I do succeed have it be really big you know yeah. then just never quite truly lived and so in this way I decided I wrote this book in the middle of the pandemic I think I wanted to write something that was really fun and just escapist and I hope that I can give that experience to readers that we can just kind of escape for a few hours into this book and just have it be pure like 
you know, it just hits on all of those id things that you just kind of deep down want to have a great time. Right. Well, I think you, you definitely have done that. You mentioned, of course, um, you know, the first book, and I referenced it as, as well, Jen, The Astronaut and the Scar. And if our audience has not read that, um, you definitely want to be able to pick that up as well, especially if you're in your bookstore or on Amazon. I bring that up for this reason because, you know, expectations is also a part of what these characters deal with. And I'm curious for yourself. You and I talked with The Astronaut and the Star. I mean, the re- reviews for that book were crazy. At the time we are having this conversation, we are talking over 5,000 reviews even on Amazon. Did you have any any um, expectations or fear of, it, of meeting expectations when it came to the follow-up? Oh, 100%. I mean, I have several other author friends who are kind of going through the same thing, but I like to say that the second book is the hardest because mm. I, that's how I found it. And now that I've started to write my third book, it feels easier because you don't have this expectation of, like, I've only written one book, and now everybody's going to want that exact same book over and over again. But you realize that's not really true because I did write a very different book, and the reception has been equally positive so far, and be excited to see similar but different things for me going down the line. But, man, that imposter syndrome is rough because I still, you know, I was writing this book before The Astronaut and the Star actually had been released, so I didn't actually know how it was going to be received by everyone. You kind of just have to trust your gut. Yeah. So, Jen, let's talk briefly about that because I think aspiring writers, which are also a part of our audience here, or even authors who have started, you know, they always like to hear from individuals like yourself who are there, you know, where they want to be. Did it feel special for you? Did the astronaut and the star feel special for you when you were writing it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you'll know you're writing the right book when it feels like you're excited to to write it, like or you're excited to read it. So, mm-hmm. yes, you want to write a book that is going to meet market expectations and kind of fits in all the standards of the genre. But at the same time, when you're writing it, if you wouldn't want to read the book that you're writing, then it's probably not going to be enjoyable for readers. So that's something I learned with The Astronaut and the Star, and I kind of took it to 11 with Midnight Duet, and then I was like, all right, if I was a reader, what would I want to read here? And then that's just what I wrote. Well, I love the fact that with Midnight Duet, again, reading as a guy, and that sounds funny even to say, but I mean, I say that to say (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> that for people, who, for guys who may be look, listening to this and thinking, okay, it says, you know, romantic comedy. But, it, I mean, it really is – it's a people book. You write people books, Jen. That's what I That's what I love so much about The Astronaut and the Star. I didn't think about it as a romantic, you know, adventure or whatever. It just was a an entertaining book. Do you hope more readers look at things that way? I mean, I know people, you know, will categorize you, and you have to be categorized, of course, for bookstores and and you know Amazon. But do you hope that people are able just to read it as an entertaining book? Oh, absolutely. I think that one of the cool things about the astronaut and the star is that people picked it up because they saw astronaut on the cover, and these are people who don't normally read romance. And I think. Yeah. There were definitely some people who were surprised because it is a pretty steamy book, and that's not always for everyone. But there were other people who were like, I didn't expect to like this, and I had a great time. And if I can bring in more people into the genre that wouldn't normally be interested in, quote, unquote, a romance novel, then that's even better. Because I think everybody at the end of the day reads for fun, and it's nice to be able to have things that you love that isn't super depressing because romance novels always have happy endings. Yeah, and it is, I would say, too, to people, as I've been talking about 
the new book, Midnight Duet, Jen, one thing I've said is that, I mean, it's an us book. I mean, it really is about us. Yes, it's more grand than a lot of us live, but they're dealing with real-world issues that all of us can relate to, and I think that's a great thing. I do have to ask you this question, though. I'm curious about Christoph, um, because even though Eric is the one who's kind of prominent in the story, what was it like for you to kind of show the layers of Christoph? Well, I also have anxiety, and so I wanted to kind of write a little bit of that into the book. I mean, I think okay. it expresses itself in everyone, but, you know, Christoph's struggles, I think, are struggles that a lot of people go with and especially, or struggle with, and especially men in our society don't get as much opportunity to express kind of weakness in that way, or at least the way that society perceives it. And so I kind of wanted to show the other side of things, that you can men can have other emotions aside from, like, anger and, you know, wanting to have sex like they can feel fear and like anxiety and all these other things that don't get expressed as much especially in like romance novels where they're sort of idealized so I like to show these flawed characters and I especially like to show heroes that aren't these like stereotypical you know stereotypes of what we expect of our heroes yeah I'm curious for yourself when it comes to Erica's um lessons I think that she I mean I think one of the and I'll talk around this Jen and you'll know what I'm talking about I think the thing is that what I got from Erica is that she learned that she was more I think so many times people are they when they only have one thing they're supposedly leaning on or known for they wonder if they have anything outside of that what was it like for you to show in Erica that she was more than what meets the eye you know, as you say that, I realize I also kind of wrote that a little bit into Reggie, my first my heroine of The Astronaut and the Star, in that mm. Reggie went through the same struggle where she thing into wanting to become an astronaut who goes to the moon, and then when she finds out that might not happen, she's like, who am I? And the same thing kind of happens with Erica, and I think that's something I really enjoy exploring because as I have talked about in my last interview is I started off wanting to be a restaurant owner. I went to school for restaurants. And then when I decided I didn't want to do that, I had to spend a lot of time soul searching of, okay, maybe I do want to be a writer, but who does that make me? And what am I going to be like on that journey? And I think that is a experience that a lot of people go through in life, whether they embark upon their original life career choice and then that succeeds or doesn't. Um, or a lot of people spend their lives trying to figure out what they want to be and who they are. And that sense of identity is definitely a struggle that I think – I find really fascinating, and I, I'm still trying to figure it out. So, Yeah, exactly. So as we are starting off a new year to kind of widen out a little bit here, Jen, I mean, I, I think one thing that has happened, you mentioned even, I didn't realize this at the time, that you wrote this book, of course, through what all of us are living through, our shared experience of the pandemic. Um, you know, And so this year is one of the things you're excited about, being able to, to actually to engage more with your readers. Oh, absolutely. I'm getting to actually do my first in-person book signing ever next weekend. Um, nice. And I'll actually get to go to conferences. I'm going um, – the rights to the astronaut and star were purchased by an Italian publisher, so I'm going to be going out to Florence. And this wow. is just so exciting because I've never met anyone that's read my book before, aside from <laughs> people I already knew. <laughs> like, I've done all virtual wow. things, and so it'll just be – Pretty nerve-wracking for an introvert, but also really exciting because I get to yeah. live that glam author life and sign books and stuff, and isn't that the dream? 
Well, look, as a fellow introvert, I totally understand. There is always this nervous excitement and fear that I get with every every public-facing event that I have to do. Uh, but I, I know the readers are going to be so excited to meet you, Jen, as I have been excited to be able to have these conversations with you. Again, everyone, author Jen Comfort has been our guest. The new book is called Midnight Duet. However, once you're picking that book up, you definitely want to pick up The Astronaut and the Star as well. Both of them are great reads, so definitely add them to your reading list. Jen, how can our audience stay connected with you? Um, I'm most active on Instagram these days, and you can find me at jen.comfort.author or my website, jencomfort.com. All right, Jen. Thanks again for the time. Really do appreciate it and looking forward to speaking with you again. Thanks so much again for having me on. Glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care.